0: It's time for a moment of clarity to and Phil Stargell faith, Faith, politics, 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 history, history, and current events. events, events. And now your hosts, Pastor Rick and Phil. And hello, Pastor Rick here. Uh, We're heading into Resurrection Sunday weekend. And uh, so we have something a little different planned for you. First of all, uh, I think as a pastor, and we are Easter Sunday, we're going to start this this uh, show off with a prayer. So if I could just ask all my listeners, just for a second, don't close your eyes and bow your heads if you're driving. Just pray along, but otherwise, bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the ability to speak to so many uh, through WAM radio and even do so through our living rooms Lord, I know that um, you're dealing with a bunch of old guys here who have the technology expertise of an ant, but Lord, thanks to Derek, thank you for Derek, for being able to pull all this together. I thank you, Lord, for what we are going to be celebrating this weekend. I thank you for your resurrection, the resurrection that proved that you are the great I am, that you had died, forgiven our sins, and resurrected to prove your, your victory over death. So watch over us today in the name of jesus amen 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 so so we are heading in as i said to easter weekend or resurrection uh resurrection sunday weekend i prefer the term resurrection sunday because i know the etymology of the word easter and it has more to do with pagan background than it does with christianity background so uh i know we're kind of stuck with the term easter but I kind of like Resurrection Sunday. It speaks more to what uh, what happened that day. And what happened that day profoundly changed the way the world looked at things. The death, burial, and Jesus Christ changed the world uh, from where it was and changed the, the total direction the path the world was on. There's two events in the Bible that have changed, changed the, the, the direction of where humanity was going. And that first one was the... the the account in Genesis of our our creation, the creation account. And that was kind of unique in the sense that it starts out with God created. In the beginning, God created, which was kind of unique to all the pagans because all the pagan gods in their own right were created by nature. And in this case, our God created nature, and it, it makes most sense that we have a God outside of nature. So it started changing how mankind looked at God. But so did the death, burial, and resurrection. The death, burial, and resurrection shows us a, a God that's different than all the other pagan gods. A God that was not asking us to give up our children, not to sacrifice our children, not to murder our kids as sacrifices, not to have throwing maidens into the volcano. Rather, that we have a God that loved us so much that he came to this earth as a man, as a servant, and paid for our... the price of our sins on the cross and again changing how the world looked at God but that's not the only thing that uh, changed uh, just about everything changed <laughs> we have how we look at science changed how we look at history changed how we look at uh, how we look at everything how we look at our children, our family, and everything else. The world has changed dramatically. Uh, But before we get into exactly how much that changed, one thing that I can say that uh, the resurrection may have changed is the influence on sports. If you don't believe me, just watch how many agnostics and atheists go to prayer when they're praying for their team and they're having a hard time. So, (laughs) uh, and it may have even changed the face of curling. Speaking of curling, what, uh, is there any any news in curling, there, Derek?
1: No, nothing right now. It's it's pretty bleak right now. No sports taking place at all. So yeah, there's nothing new.
2: You know, I have to I have to say there is a new sport out there, Derek, and you've been missing it. It's the war of the toilet paper. It's a sport, <laughs> and I tell you. People are going out there and hoarding toilet paper because they're bored. Really, we got to start getting stats on toilet paper hoarding.
0: Well, folks, if you're if you're tired of not having anything sports on TV and you can't watch your game, you can always come here during our show, Moment of Clarity, and hear a Moment on Sports. So now would be a really good time for a Moment on Sports.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to this Moment on Sports. My name is Derek Stone. This past April sixth this past Monday I should say, legendary Detroit Tigers right fielder Al Kaline passed away at the age of 85. He played for the Tigers from 1953 to 1974 and is arguably one of the top 10 greatest players in Detroit Tigers history. And here are here is what he accomplished during the regular season as far as stats go during his illustrious career. He had a 297 batting average, which is tied for 24th in Tigers history. He hit 399 home runs, which is 1st in Tigers history and 58th in MLB history, that would be Major League Baseball. He drove in 1,582 runs, which is 2nd in Tigers history, and 44th in MLB history. He has a .376 on base percentage, which is tied for 22nd in Tigers history, 1,277 walks, which is 1st in Tigers history, and 49th in MLB history. He is part of the illustrious 3,000-hit club. He had 3,007 hits during his career, which ranks 2nd in Tigers history and 31st in MLB history. He belted 498 doubles, which is 3rd in Tigers history and 66th in MLB history. He also hit 75 triples, which ranks 6th in Tigers history. He scored 1,622 runs, which ranks 3rd in Tigers history and 43rd in MLB history. He also accumulated 4,852 total bases, and that's 2nd in Tigers history and 28th in MLB history. And he also had 972 extra base hits, which ranks second in Tigers history, and 45th in MLB history. And he was a fantastic defensive right fielder in his own right during his illustrious Detroit Tigers career, as evidenced by his 3,865 putouts as a right fielder, which ranks ninth in Major League Baseball history. He also racked up 146 assists as a right fielder, which is 21st in MLB history and 28 double plays turned as a right fielder, which ranks 34th in MLB history, and he also has a nine eighty-five fielding percentage as a right fielder, and that ranks 45th in Major League Baseball history. And he even got his chance to shine during the playoffs, his first playoff appearance in 1968 during the World Series, and Detroit Tigers fans, you know how that ended. The Tigers were down to the St. Louis Cardinals three games to one, and the Tigers came storming back, winning that series in seven games. And this is what K-Line accomplished during his playoff career overall. He had a 333 batting average, three home runs, nine runs batted in, three seventy-three on on-base percentage, two walks, 16 hits, two doubles, and 27 total bases, during the nineteen sixty eight World Series he batted three hundred seventy nine with two home runs, eight runs batted in, four hundred on base percentage, eleven hits, two doubles, six runs scored, and nineteen total bases. And and some of his achievements that he sustained through his legendary career, he led the American League with a three hundred forty batting average in nineteen fifty five, becoming the youngest player ever in. To win a batting crown in Major League Baseball history at the age of 20, and he also had 10 top 10 finishes in American League batting average. He led the American League with 200 hits in 1955, plus, he had six top 10 finishes in AL hits. He led the American League with 321 total bases in 1955, plus, he had seven top 10 finishes in AL total bases. He led the American League with 41 doubles in 1961, plus he had 7 top 10 finishes in AL doubles. And because of all these fantastic accomplishments during his illustrious Baseball Hall of Fame career, he won 10 gold gloves for his fantastic defensive play in right field, and he was also named an 18-time American League All-Star. Certainly he will be missed. Mr. Tiger, Al Kaline, forever in the hearts of detroit tigers fans that's my moment on sports pastor rick take it away pastor rick are you there hello anybody there yeah i'm here okay Pastor I'd- rick's having problems
3: and i was muted while you were talking i just remembered that so yes until pastor rick comes on uh one of the things that uh, we wanted to talk about was and thanks for that moment on sports that was very well done my wife really appreciates what you do there um So we wanted to talk about the influence of Christianity on the culture. And it looks like Rick's back. Is that Rick? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, good. <laughs> Sorry about that. Just uh,
0: all of a sudden, uh, my computer just me completely off connection. Folks, we're doing the best we can on this show. Uh, we, we are locked into our own little bunkers, each and every one of us. And uh, we're relying on technology, like I was saying earlier, that no one here has a clue how to use, especially me. And I say nobody, assuming that Ed and Phil don't, but apparently they do because they were able to stay on longer than me.
4: Yeah, well,
3: uh, that that can be debated. <laughs> I've been over technology here, and so I've been screwing things up by making too many connections.
0: Well, this just goes to show you. This is why we love our studios at Wham and being there because it allows people with our mindset to sound great by by the help of of Derek. And well, Derek just hasn't have, doesn't have any control over us at home, so he can only make it sound so good. Uh, So, we're coming up to Easter weekend, and um, the death, burial, and resurrection. I want to go just around the table. We'll start, we'll start with you, Ed. If you were to sit there and look at history, and just history as, as the world itself, how would you see the world as being changed with the gospel? the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ?
3: Well, I think one would be that the world has hope. So with, with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, there's a hope that's given to the world that uh, there's not some future of them like Sisyphus of having to roll some rock up a hill every day and have it roll back down again at night. He, you know, this whole concept of what the afterlife is after... Or that the gods are just toying with you, like the Greeks thought, or the Romans, they were capricious gods. Uh, With this, not just a belief system, because Jesus proved it's real by his resurrection. So it's not just a belief system that we choose, it's one that's been evidenced to us. And with that, we have a hope that there's a resurrection. And also I think one of the benefits is, is that there's a sense of an overriding law that there's a lawgiver that we can appeal to, a fair-minded, justice-minded God who we actually can derive our rights from. All right. And, and Phil, if you were to sit there and look at the world
0: at the whole, and and you don't have to get real theological, if you could say, hey, Christianity made such an impact just because Christianity exists, what would that be to you?
4: Well, Christianity has... Uh, brought uh, a, a a condition of, of of getting along within one's borders. I mean, uh, Christianity has allowed all religions to survive and thrive under one particular brand of government or whatever. Where. Uh, a lot of other uh, uh, religions, boy, it's really hard to coexist in those countries if you don't believe what they believe. <laughs> but <laughs> that's humanity has uh, has has calmed, you know that that war thing and and made it uh, a little easier for people to live uh, together, uh, even though they they have different beliefs.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, and, and Gilly. You've been sitting here writing yourself notes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, I, I think that one of the things that that salvation has done for us is it's given us a very personal relationship with our God. I mean, because we know that Christ came, had a fully human experience, had a fully human experience in that he was tempted. He had he hungered, he ate, he slept, he cried, he laughed, he got angry, that he is a, that we have a fully relatable relationship and a personal relationship to our God and Savior. And I think that, that uh, no other faith has that. They don't have an approachable, God they don't have a deity that is somebody who has walked and suffered our experience before us and with us and I and I think it's really profound when you think about this why did Christ go through all of this and when I'm suffering from something I don't say oh this is horrible and I'm suffering all of this and God how can how can you allow me to suffer Or I also don't say, hey, I better shut up because Jesus went through worse than me. I can say in my own spirit and have a very deep understanding Mm -hmm. that my God has endured this and he can walk next to me and put his arm around me and say, I completely understand. And I think that that is what the death, burial, and resurrection means in my life
0: okay um and we're going to get into much more on how did that death burial and resurrection actually not just change individual lives but change the direction the world was going on but before we do that uh is ken still on the line i'm still here yes, ken, I, uh, thank you for waiting happy, and sorry for the technological issues we've been having uh, I would have gotten to you sooner, but I thought I lost you because when I lost the computer program at my end, I lost all the notes that Derek had given me. So I had to ask. How you doing, Ken, and happy Resurrection Sunday. Yes, uh, happy
5: Resurrection Sunday, and uh, I do agree I would prefer we use that instead of Easter. Uh, the reason I'm calling is I think it's so important to uh, realize what did we learn. We learned from the first Resurrection Day that Jesus is the Lord. We learned that the Holy Trinity is our God, our Master. And here's my problem. This is why I'm so, uh, so disappointed this Resurrection Day. All of the weak need... That's the, only, that's the only word I can think of, the, the description. We need church leaders who've chosen to close their churches at this time. I mean, Rush no. Limbaugh even mentioned on his show the first time in American history where the Christian churches
0: are closed for Easter. And for me, go ahead. Thank you. Uh, just let me add on that, and I, I'm not going to hang up on you. I just want to make this point on that. Uh, there are there are churches that I, I believe are letting the congregation down, especially when their faith is so dependent on uh, on, on sacraments and facing like the sacrament of of communion. Uh, there are other other denominations that don't necessarily see uh, communion as a sacrament, but as a memorial. But even then, it's important to them, and Throughout the history of mankind, even when Europe went through the Black Plague, they didn't—they sh- did not shut down the churches. They—they just—they kept them open. They gave a place for people to go to have to have a place of hope. And they're not now. I'm a pastor. That's uh, I guess I, I don't know if I fall into your to your uh, description of weak need. Uh, we do a special a special service for at a senior center, and uh, we lost our services because we were ordered not to enter the building. And um, and the people that live in the senior center are told that they cannot go out. Uh, they have stuff delivered to them. So there are churches that are not having services just because the circumstances legally does not allow it. I mean, oh, I cannot trespass. It's, it would be against the you law. Mean,
3: you mean the landlord?
0: Yeah. Uh, because the landlord says, hey, we, we are not allowed visitors into this senior center by the government decree. Unfortunately, it interferes with the church service, but the landlord said, "Nope, you can't come in."
3: Can I venture something here? This yes. is really this really bothers me because with the closure of churches for Easter, that basically means that the majority of American Christians are going to have their annual church attendance cut in half. Now all they've got left is Christmas. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, I, I kind of disagree with this because I think that there's a lot of people who are shut-ins and they're actually turning to God and they're actually looking online for services that they can attend. And I'll tell you something, that right. are online services, because we've broadcast our services for a little while now, they're very, very well attended. And there are people who are being able to, through the blessing of the internet, which, you know, blessing and curse, but they're actually able to access faith practice that they weren't accessing before. And I I think that that can be really kind of a blessing. I think God is going to work.
0: And, Ken, I'm going to give you a second here in just just a moment. Uh, Matter of fact, go ahead, Ken, and I'll add Mm -hmm. on to it because I don't want to run into this break and not give you a chance to finish. We should never allow
5: the uh, usage of the internet or even the radio to be used as a substitute for the importance of face-to-face Christian fellowship, joint worship under the uh, roof of the church. Uh, I agree. radio agree. Radio or internet for those who are ill, sick, that's one thing. But joint worship where people could look look at each
0: other uh, that should never be allowed to be replaced by the Internet. I agree, and thank you, Ken. Thank you for calling. And here's why I agree, uh, and, and I agree on a very, very important per, uh, reason. We are told not to forsake the assembly, and that is the assembling together. I think Christians in today's world, for the most part, are smart enough that if they are not feeling well, if they are sick, they know to stay home. And if the pastor was smart, he would at least say, hey, if you don't feel good, if you're running a fever, if you have a cough, if you got a sneeze, you have a runny nose, stay home. But at this point, the, the, the option of that really isn't given to the churches. They're being told mm-hmm. in, in a lot of states that uh, they cannot come together. And at least in Michigan, we're told we shouldn't come together, but it's not going to be enforced, uh, for now
2: you know i think it was really interesting because there was a pastor and i think it was in florida and i don't know if they're still doing it but they had a news uh a news show on it where they were doing church services in the parking lot and he was standing out there with the band uh making music in the gazebo and the cars were pulling up and everybody could hear them through the loudspeakers and so they were staying their social distancing sitting in their own cars but they were able to praise and worship together, and I think that was a beautiful thing.
0: I think one of the things that the, that we can say that the gospel has done is it's taught the majority of the world that in times of tough times that there's hope. As Ed was saying at the beginning, we have hope through that gospel. Absolutely. And, but we also have to look that it changed the world a lot because uh, let's take a look at the, the growth of Christianity in a world that was pretty much pagan. And how that changed not just the people there, now knowing that they have a God that wants a relationship with them, rather than, as Ed pointed out, a God that plays chess with uses us mankind as chess pieces on a board, that we have a God that actually that actually desires to relate with us and has done so by making us to the point where he could have a relationship with us by cloaking us in his own righteousness. Amen. And we also have to look that there's been negative things. People with the gospel have done negative things. Let's take a look at the let's take a look at the Spanish Inquisition. That was terrible, and that was done in the name of Christ, and it was wrong. Christianity is the only faith that I know of out there that is 100 percent based on faith. You cannot really legislate uh, Christianity. Caesar tried it, and it really spoiled the church by bringing in a lot of pagans before they believed. Christianity is based strictly on faith. We'll be back after these messages. And now, more with Pastor Rick and Phil Stargell on WHAM. And we're back. Hey, you know, I kind of miss all my old bump music and everything else, and I hope I get a chance to get back in the studios. Folks, just to let you know, I hope you enjoy my wife's voice, because next weekend I have an announcement to make. And uh, it'll be coming next weekend, and it's something that I've been hinting at for a while. I can't officially announce anything today, except that I have an announcement to make next weekend. Um, We're talking about how Christianity may... Changed the face of this world, and I'll say one way for sure that it changed this world, is in 1629, a ship came over here from England called the Mayflower to escape Christian persecution of a state church, because they believed that you had to believe to be a Christian, and that you couldn't have a state church telling you you had to believe. And with that, you had the pilgrims, they believed that their life was around, surrounded by God, even in their own dictate when they came over here, they said part of their purpose of coming to the new land was to spread the gospel. Eventually, they built a government around the idea of, of a tier system, one man at top, then a body of legislators and, and a court system, which is where we get our government today. And eventually, that concept reached into the Founding Fathers' uh, in the writing of their constitution for this country. Without Christianity, we would not have, we, you would not have the constitution we have today in any way, shape, or form. Um, before we get into that, and then I'm going to turn it over to my co-host a lot over here, but we have a call, and this is very important to me, because the one thing I loved about Wham ever since I've been here is Wham is not afraid of Scripture, and I learned that from someone who... Uh, one of the owners, the founding of WHAM Radio, uh, Linda Hughes, and in her show, she always had had uh, a time the high road where she read from Scripture. And uh, a friend of mine called up and said he'd like to give a little tribute, and I think it's fitting uh, as we go into Resurrection Sunday. So, Gary, you're on the phone. I'm here, yes, sir. All righty, it's yours. It's, uh... What you got?
6: Well, what I've got here is this is for my uh, Christian patriots who understand the necessity to fight for our republic. And this is also for the lovely Linda, who I miss dearly. And, you know, she had this uh, thing she did on her program called the High Road. And uh, this is dedicated to her. This is Psalms 148. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him from the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him all his hosts. Praise he, ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name above all is excellent. His glory is above the earth and the heavens. And
0: when you amen. guys say amen. 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 Hey, Gary, I I only got one thing I want to say to you. Praise ye him. <laughs> <laughs> God, I heard that. <laughs> amen. amen. G- Gary, Gary, I'll say it again. I'm talking to you, Gary. Praise ye him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, happy you, resurrection
6: to all y'all and take it easy.
0: All right. Call, call, me, call me again when you're praising him, or even before. But I want you to praise him, Gary. I want you to praise him because uh, you're the only atheist I know that will call up and read Bible scripture to hurt <laughs> all of us Christians. Um, yeah, Ed, what do you want to say about that? I know you want to say something.
3: <laughs> well, I'm thinking a psalm today that's appropriate during this weekend, in particular, Psalm 22. Which depicts the death and res- the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, and uh, also speaks of the resurrection at the end of it. But if somebody were to read Psalm 22 in the light of the crucifixion, they would have to be totally struck by its its awesome depiction of the events that were going on, so much to the point that Jesus quoted it from the cross just to bring it to the attention of the Pharisees who were watching him the Pharisees who kept saying show us a sign show us a sign and he said you'll get your sign when the son of man is raised up and there he was raised up on the cross and he quotes to them he starts quoting to them psalm 22 and they have to they know it they've got it memorized and they fill in the rest of it the whole scene of the crucifixion as described by David runs through their heads, and they're looking at it happen right in front of them. There's your sign.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I think there's a lot more signs. There's over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament of the first advent of Christ. Most of them, not all of them, are based around his death. I mean, there are some based around his life, throughout his life, and some with his birth. But Isaiah 53, Psalm 22, are talking very much about his death. Zechariah, um sits there and says, they are going to look upon him whom they have pierced. And, and this was talking long before there was any t- torture known as crucifixion at the time of Zechariah. We, we see pictures of a crucifixion before they were even crucifying. And uh, I find that the, the miracles of the prophecies of Jesus Christ in itself should be compelling and this is what the, the the apostles and the disciples of Jesus did in early Christianity is they took the Old Testament and they opened it up and they showed other Jews that look Jesus is the Messiah we, we get the example of the Enoch or the eunuch the Enoch the eunuch <laughs> <laughs> the the Ethiopian eunuch who the, the evangelist goes up there as the, the eunuch is reading from Isaiah, Isaiah 53, and... and Which is describing what? Jesus. Well, the, the crucifixion, crucifixion in particular. Yeah. yeah. And, and he says, what is this about? How am I to understand this? And he explains it, and he says, look, this is Jesus. And he says, what prohibits me from getting baptized? There's water, you know. And he yeah. says, all you have to do is believe. Believe. Amen. And so, I mean, 300 prophecies, over 300 prophecies in the in the Old Testament. The odds of that happening, mathematicians have done the math on the odds of one man fulfilling all 300, all 333, I think it is, prophecies. And it came out, you would have better luck hitting, getting hit by lightning twice a day for a year than
3: fulfilling all the prophecies. You know? It was the fulfillment of prophecy by Jesus of the Messiah that led me, despite all my skepticism, despite, well, this is the wackiest thing in the world, a son of God coming down and being a man in in the Roman Empire when they didn't have televisions or the Internet. And, you know, why would he do this? And I had to throw that all out the window and just accept it was done. Now it's my turn to figure out why. Yep. Yeah, it sure is.
0: So we see, we see Christianity because he did this. He he he's given each and every mankind the opportunity to have a relationship with the Father, God the Father, and he does this by dying on the cross. First of all, to pay the the blood penalty of our sins. But then, the purpose of the resurrection. Paul says, without the resurrection, we as Christians are the most pity of all men. We need we need the resurrection because we have nothing without it, folks. Nothing. We look and, like uh, fools. Yeah, right. and so we need the resurrection. But why is the resurrection so 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 much needed in our faith? Because it shows that He has the power over death. That the penalty of sin was death; He paid it. But he, now He has the power over over death for each and every one of us, yeah, and that was, we too can have a resurrection to, say, um, to look forward to. Yeah. So that 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 to me is the great part of it. We you have know, now. Go ahead.
3: Well, I was gonna say that it always when you read the account of Jesus and it says that he stepped down from glory and he put on the the you know, the earth suit and walked around as a man and he went through all of this and then he died on the cross and then he raised back up again. Well, what would motivate him to do that he had everything he didn't have to go through the cross to become the son of God he was the, He was God he came down here and the Bible says for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross so what is the joy that was set before him it's us the church he sees something in us that we don't see in ourselves here's how important the resurrection is there
0: are those that saw how important that resurrection is that were against Jesus that they tried to lie. Remember in Scripture, the Pharisees sit there and said, hey, lie and say, say that his his people came and took him out of the grave. Right. Because, you know, they were afraid of what this resurrection represented. They came up with theories. The world has been coming up with theories the apostles came and stole the body. I'm sorry, the apostles are not going to go in, in front of a, a group of Roman soldiers, roll away a stone, break a, a Roman seal, roll away the stone, and steal the body and 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 lose their life. These are men that ran and hid and denied Jesus when they arrested him. They're certainly not going to go and try to steal his body. That's one rumor. That, then you got the swoon, the swooning rumor that uh, Jesus wasn't actually in the wasn't actually dead. What happened was um, he he passed out, and, and three days later he he woke up and he rolled the stone away and he walked away. That is actually even more nonsense. Think about this: he just had his hands pierced with nails, his after feet have,
2: after pierced, having
0: been flogged. Yep, he's been flogged, beaten he had the skin flayed off his back by a somebody
3: else had to carry his cross for him. Somebody else yeah. had to carry his cross for him.
0: So now they're saying he got up after a three day nap and then, and rolled the stone away. Right. And then after he rolls the stone away, he's walking down the street. He runs across two, two walkers that, uh, are are sad? He says, "Hey, why are you so sad?" He's upbeat, right? Just after being beaten, flogged, <laughs> and nailed. Hey, why are you guys so sad? <laughs> right? Spikes. And Where he walks seven miles to mass. Seven miles after all this is done, and they say, "Oh, God, he, he he got over it in three days." No, that is <laughs> ridiculous. No. That's absurd. And and then you got the other the other theory out there. And uh, it's the oops, the wrong tomb theory. <laughs> after, a- <laughs> after, after they put Jesus in the tomb, right? A- and and they roll a stone there. And the, and the Romans seal, with a Roman seal, the tomb. And they watch it. Somehow they got dizzy and turned around and said, oh, no, that's the tomb. It's empty now. And looking at another tomb, and while the one right next to it's got the seal on it. By the way, what do they do with that whole angel thing with saying Jesus isn't here anymore, right? Well, I never heard that one before. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah, it's called the oops, it's the wrong tomb theory. Uh, and I heard that one is, oh, they were just guarding the wrong tomb. They're the ones who sealed it after they put the body in it.
2: They're the ones that could lose their lives.
0: And why, why would then the Pharisees sit there and say, tell them that the people came and stole his body away? I mean, those are the the crazy theories out there, and here's why: the devil does not want the world believing in that resurrection because without the resurrection, Christianity doesn't work.
2: It's all foolishness, you know. And we're not fools. When
0: I went to when we I went to Israel, I had uh, on one tour where our normal tour guide couldn't take us in. We had a Muslim tour tour guide, and he says, "You know, we know where our prophet's buried." He says, "All you guys have
3: is an empty tomb." <laughs> so amen to that. <laughs> yes, amen. Hey, can I tell you about something? I, I don't know if I mentioned this TV show to you, The Chosen. It's streaming, so no. it's not really on TV. I've been seeing things on Facebook about it, and I've been avoiding it because I didn't know anything about it. Theron mentioned it on his show, so I thought, okay, I'll give it a shot. I watched the first episode, which is free, and it seems like now the first four are And then after that, it's a donation fee. You pay it forward so other people can see it. I will be paying. I already have paid it forward. The very first episode shows Mary of Magdala as a young child talking to her father. By the end of it, by the end of the first episode, I'm giving nothing away. You see Jesus's interaction with Mary of Magdala, who, of course, is what? The first person to come to the empty tomb, Did right? Read the Bible? Yeah, she was the first
0: one, not just the first one to come to the tomb, she was the last one to leave the cross. And
3: she was the first evangelist. She was the first one who spread the good news that Jesus, Jesus Christ was Christ risen. I'm telling he, you, yeah. this is a fantastic series. I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of it.
0: There was a, there was a, a news thing, on uh, I think it was ABC, uh, a documentary, and get this, they said, well, Mary Magdalene was married to Jesus
2: uh.
0: and, and she had two children. Now the way they say it, maybe Mary had two children, maybe not by Jesus but um, that they were married and, and this is an old nonsense that got started with with the whole Da Vinci Code and, yeah. uh, and and by the way, I wish people would read the opening part of the Da Vinci Code because it says that it's it's a fiction. <laughs> All
2: right. It's an entertainment. Quit well, distracted. he did base it don't on be an idiot.
3: Yeah, you're right, Gaylene. But he did base it on some um, gospels that we don't. Uh, I forget what the word for them is now. We don't include them in our gospels some phony gospels.
0: there the Gnostic gospels and even yeah. the Gnostic go- gospels, and I've read them, do not directly say that Mary and Jesus were married, uh, and and oh, that, that that either. that is. That's the sad part about it. I've read the the Gospel of Judas. I've read the Gospel of Thomas. I've read the Gospel uh, of... That of was Peter. the one, Gospel I've, of Thomas. Yeah. And, and it might insinuate, but it doesn't actually state it. And you really have to take it. These are the same people, though, that go... Because of the statement in John, where John does not call himself by name. He calls himself the, 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 the apostle that Jesus loved, the one that Jesus loved. And there was a whole thing where they tried to make the writer of the Gospel of John, Mary Magdalene, and to sit there <laughs> and say, Look, it's the one Jesus loved. And they take that word love there to mean something to connotate a, a sexual relationship. The word there is agape, it is not eros. Eros, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, it's, it's, it's agape, and it's not a sexual love that he's talking about. It's the one that God had, a, Jesus had a special love. We have favorites in our lives, Phil. Well, Phil, I have to. T- well, I'll sorry, Ed, Phil's my
2: favorite. <laughs> oh,
0: honey, you cannot be my best friend, you're my wife.
2: Oh, my uh, so, well, there is that.
0: Well, no, uh, about the, the, the siblings of Jesus, the siblings of Jesus, well. If if you if you go with the, the view of Rome, they were not siblings; they were cousins. Which really has me confused because there is a Greek word for cousins, and it's not used there, uh, where it talks about his brothers and sisters. Um, yeah. They say, "Well, it, it, they're talking." It's talking about his disciples. Well, that doesn't work either because in one of them it says his brothers and and, and his disciples as two separate entities.
3: Well, James um, the brother of John, he states, uh, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I got
2: so, that
0: wrong. Sorry. Uh, so Jesus had had three brothers that we know of and some sisters. We don't know how many sisters. Uh, we know more than one because it says sisters. It's plural. But you had James and Judas, uh, which, uh, oh, yeah. Galen's trying to tell me that uh, we have a caller. So I'll get to that right now. Hey, um, but, yeah, Jesus, if you read the Bible, and, and most Protestants will agree that uh, Jesus had... had half-brothers, uh, through Mary and Joseph. Of course, they both all share the same mother, Mary, but uh, different father. <laughs> Jesus had God, and while well, James and the brothers, well, they had uh, they had Joseph.
3: All right, Galatians, folks, put on your... I'm sorry, I was going to say Galatians 1.19 where, where uh, it said James, the brother of our Lord, you know? Yeah. Right.
0: So... Folks, put on your seatbelts. It's Walter. How you doing, Walter? Hey, guys, man. I can tell you what you
7: guys are scripturally accurate, and I tell you what, nobody will go led astray with you guys, man. You guys rightly divide the word. But I'm gonna add. Let me add something to this resurrection, a watered down version that it's a subtle, it's real subtle in our even in our best of churches and denominations.
0: Say that well, Walter. I'm
7: did sorry. Jesus, a did, Jesus do, did Jesus pay that price? Somebody going to shot me down on this one. Did Jesus pay that price so the, out, so the end result would be us having Easter egg hunts in our churches and jelly beans and that bunny rabbit and all that chocolate? That way, if you got some leftover chocolate and jelly beans and <laughs> eggs, I'll take it. Let did me, you do
0: that? Did you do all let, that? Let, <laughs> let, let, let me, let me att- uh, Walter, let me uh, address that. There was a there was a ceremony that the pagans used to do with the goddess Ishtar, uh, where we get the, one of the terms for Easter, the goddess Ishtar, where they would make little cakes and, and baskets filled with the treats, and they would switch them with each other and trade these baskets filled with treats and cakes with each other as part of the ceremony of Ishtar. Uh, th- that's okay. where we end up now getting our Easter baskets and our jelly beans and our candies in the Easter basket today.
2: eggs which also are like a fertility so
0: I mean we we, we have unfortunately, and we're kind of stuck with this, we we have we've adopted in a lot of pagan rituals into our beliefs and, and I I find that sad. And I' tell the folks out there, I know you're not gonna break your family traditions. You're gonna keep coloring eggs and putting jelly beans in baskets and stuff. But, folks, if you're going to do that, make some time spending reflecting of what that resurrection of Jesus Christ really means to you. And don't make it all about the Easter eggs and the baskets and the bunnies that are pooping jelly beans. That's Um, right. That's right. I think if if the
7: devil can distract any of our kids, we we, as grown people, we know better than the Easter egg hunt. Even some grown people haven't dropped that tradition. But it, it, it can give our kids a sense of not the real seriousness of the death. Burial and resurrection of Christ. When you distracted it with them jelly beans and all that funny stuff and all that foolishness. But I tell you what, some churches when they go Easter they put Bible scriptures, I guess, in the eggs. You know, like we do for Halloween and all that kind of stuff. Do it is a well, point of contact you... or whatever. But it, that's just my point.
0: Let me let me show you a little bit of my testimony. I grew up. As I, I won't give you any of Ed's uh, Ed's background, but I'm sure Ed will see some parallels. I grew up uh, not really understanding the death, burial, and resurrection, even though I heard about it every Easter, even though I, 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 I went and had communion every Sunday, and I went to Mass every Sunday. I did not really understand the impact of that death, burial, and resurrection until, until I realized that I was a sinner and that I needed to start letting, how do I say this, I needed to start getting religion out of the way so I could come to the Lord, because I was deeply seated into religion, and it was keeping me from the Lord, and I had to, I had to scribe out of that system to understand exactly what that death, burial, and resurrection meant, and what it meant is I can have a personal relationship. With God, It wasn't, I didn't need a personal relationship with the church. I needed a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and God the Father. And so once I got religion out of the way, um, which is also a distraction by the devil himself, uh, I could accept Christ. We have a great
2: freedom. We have a great freedom in Jesus Christ because he paid the price
0: for,
2: you know, so we don't Hold have on. to.
0: Someone's talking, so. So, hey, thanks a lot, Walter, for your call. Are you there?
3: Can't hear me? Ed, take it. I can hear you. Well, yeah, I couldn't hear Gayleen clearly, though, because she was away from the mic.
2: What I was saying is that we have a great freedom in Christ. That's what I was saying, is that we've been freed from from having to pay the price for our own sins we're free we have somebody who's already paid the price for us praise god because jesus saw that we were incapable of being pure and holy and he did it for us
3: so the Phil, original, the original liberation theory theology yeah <laughs> hey phil
0: yep. So now that we sat there and told you that uh Decorating eggs and Easter bunnies and rabbits and and jelly beans and baskets and all stuff is is from from pagan faith. What are you doing for your grandkid this Easter?
4: Filling them with Easter bunnies and <laughs> 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 no, I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, they're going to go uh to uh to Resurrection Sunday. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna make that trip, you know. And uh, I usually make it every year.
0: So that, it. And uh, we. All right, all right, folks. We oh. got to wrap it up. Yeah. Have to cut you off. Hey, folks, I love you all. We'll see you next weekend. I have an announcement for you. Uh, have a blessed day. Love each and every one of you. See you next week. You've been listening to A Moment of Clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your hosts, Pastor Richard Dietering and Phil Starchel. Be sure to tune in again next week right here on WHAM Radio.